Hey guys, what's up? You know who it is. It's James Stewart. Hey, we back at Bubbles World, episode five. Man, I missed you guys. It's been a while. Seems like we were off last weekend. Didn't even get to do the recap show, but we back here on the podcast, episode five. And I got a special guest. Before I get in that, you guys got to know my boy, Roger. What's, what's up, up, man? What's up? Good to be back. It's good to be back. And of course, Cole, what's your last name? Beach. You know what that is. We back, guys, for episode five. Now, I got a special guest. Last time we were here, we had Daniel Blair. And you guys might know this dude from when I came up from amateur races, when I was digging in the dirt at Loretta Lynn's, from the Dave Coombs East-West Shootout, to my last race in Washougal, battling with Benny Bloss. Actually, he wasn't battling with him. He, I was kind of in the back. But nonetheless, you guys know this. I'm, I'm honored to have him here, Mr. Davey Coons. What's happening? Uh, glad to be here. <clears throat> uh, first time caller, long time listener. Is that how it works? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. It's first time for a lot of things. And um, man, <clears throat> it's like when, when we met Raj, I guess it was what? A couple months ago, we kind of talked about having you on and I guess the people that we wanted to have on and, and Daniel and, and when he said you were interested, it just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel honored to have you. Like, and I don't think people realize, um, I do. I don't think people realize, like, how much um, influence you don't have in the sport. Like, I've seen you every weekend and just from, like I said, from the amateur racing to, like, um, you know, pro motocross to even what you do now, um, man, you, you, you transcended the sport like and, and it's an honor to have you on to be on Bubba's world of course like we here out and have Davey here it's um it's it's truly an honor so I appreciate you coming down and, always up for a good bench race yeah of course and and speaking of bench racing it's been a wild season it's um we, I get to talk about it every weekend and you get to see it from you know um I guess maybe at home but you're you're doing your work getting ready for the outdoors so like what do you think of the season so far I think it's been fantastic. I, I'm re- really happy for uh, Feld Motorsports that they get to have fans again. I don't think people realize how difficult that was with 2020 and 2021 and, you know, the, the crazy schedule and the seven races in Salt Lake City. And, you know, I don't think that people give them enough props for doing that because what they did, knowing they were going to lose money, they did that to keep the teams together, to, to keep the sport going and uh, I think they're now seeing it pay off. The crowds have been excellent. Uh, and, of course, you know, the rebirth of Eli Tomac yeah, on, the, yeah. on the Monster Energy Star Yamaha race. I still can't get my head wrapped around that. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. on a Yamaha. But, uh, you know, I, I love watching guys at the peak of their game. Yeah. And uh, I really think that Eli is doing that uh, as far as Supercross goes. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's been riding smart. Uh, he's entertaining. And uh, man, the the whole star racing program is something to behold. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think we, we we all knew Eli had speed, but I think like just the combination of like I said before, like it's it's like the perfect blend of his Honda and the Kawasaki mixed into one. And and we always talk about just um, you know atmosphere and, and perception on on you know what people think. And I, I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. I know I didn't. I knew even though I picked him for the title, I never saw this version of him. And um, you know, like I've said this for weeks, the guy's in trouble. And I think there's a lot of stuff that's happened um, probably at home for him. Like there's a peace of mind. You just look at it in his eyes, just look at 
how he operates. There's a peace of mind with him that's, um, I think, transcended from the home life to here. And he doesn't go ET on me. You know, he's, he's there every weekend. And uh, it's cool to see. And I think, like you said, like the star racing, the 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 wife whatever it is at home he's got the whole combination so you got to give everybody your credit and again like even with fell i mean like you said it's a um the, the last year i guess the last two years kind of since covid like mm-hmm. i think people people it's everything in life has changed you know everything from how you shake people's hands, you know, how you communicate with people. Like it's, it's been a different world. So I don't know necessarily like people don't give fell the, the credit. I think they just more, um, everything's just so separated. Like everybody's just so like in their world. And I don't think people have enough to do besides just complain about whatever. Um, but yeah, Feld and, and even you guys, um, to, to get the sport back to where it is right now. Um, the fans, of course, they appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, it, it didn't really miss a beat. And I think from that's uh, a, a good, it just shows the the state of our sport, how great it is. And then just the people who's running it. And that's including yourself, sir. So, Well, thank you. I, I will tell you that with, with Lucas Oil Pro Motocross, we were lucky because we're an outdoor sport. Yeah. And the restrictions that Feld had to go through where they couldn't do this city, they couldn't even do California in 21. And, you know, now it's back up and running. Uh, the only thing that I would change uh, is I can't believe the run of injuries that we've had. Because, and some of them are just freaky crashes. And I think that happens in any sport. There's just yeah. a period you go through where it just seems like, you know, everyone's crashing in NASCAR. Or everyone's getting hurt in the NFL. And this is that year for us. And, and uh, um, that's the only, you know, thing that, that I, I wish I could change. And then you know, as far as COVID goes, the, the, the silver lining in it, and I hate to say there's a silver lining to anything like yeah. a pandemic is that people got in touch with what they like to do most yeah. as kids. And for a lot of people it was buy a motorcycle and get yeah. back into it and go yeah. back out to the races. The other winner in COVID is Malcolm Stewart hmm. because he's now able to say, I'm the fastest Stewart brother. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably been able to say that for a while. Um, I mean, we're just getting introduced to the show, like coming in. But yeah, Malcolm, um, of, of course, like he, he's grown. I mean, we've seen him kind of grow the last uh, couple of years, but for sure this year he's taking the, the jump. And I think it was it had to be done. And, um, you know, there was a there was a point where he's got a two year deal. Um, you know, he's working with Eldon and, and it's just, uh, a, a, you know, a, a set, a good baseline for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he knew, he knew he had to get it done. So yeah, of course, like he is definitely the fastest steward. I ain't going to deny that <laughs> on there. Uh, I mean, shoot, even Ronnie Stewart might be, you know, second in line, who knows, but, um, yeah, I, I, I believe like it, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to the outdoors and kind of see that. I mean, I think we all kind of know where the Supergirl season is going, um, but yeah, I, I believe there, there is a silver lining and, you know, with this whole pandemic, I mean, I've noticed, uh, what you said about people wanting to get outside and buy gear. We noticed that from seven, like we, we, we found ways and, and we continue to grow throughout this. And, and I believe the sport's only grown since then. So, um, I, I think everybody was, was happy to, to see the athletes, the best in the world to get back out doing their thing. And now to have a chance to be able to um, you know, do it themselves, get outside. And then the whole, you know, COVID situation found my love, you know, doing this podcast. So there's been a lot of things that, uh, uh, unfortunately to, to go through the turmoil we had to go through, there's been some benefits and hopefully, uh, people kind of found that in, in life. I know I have. So, um, 
Yeah, it's been good. What's what do we need to expect this summer with COVID and outdoors? Well, one of the things is uh, we're going to open the pits back up, mm -hmm. let people you know go get autographs and stuff like that. Uh, you'd be amazed at how problematic that was, uh, especially in 2020. Uh, all the teams are based in California for the most part, and they have rules. You know, if you're a Kawasaki guy, if you're Dan Vahey or Bruce Schoenstrom, you have a mask on all weekend long. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if, if one of the Honda guys popped up on TV and didn't have a mask on, even the mechanics area, they, they'd get called on the carpet. But that's because those are just big corporations that know that, you know, there's a huge risk at sending people yeah. to work, right. but yet they wanted to continue. And, you know, we got through safely. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that it's kind of behind us now. I think we can finally grab a tear off. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's been stubborn though. So no, no testing. No, uh, no, you don't have to do any, any COVID testing for the outdoors, at, at least not at this moment. Right. I mean, yeah. something could change. Like we could, yeah. we could, take, yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow we could wake up and they're like, Oh, now it's the alpha mega. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, B, C, zero one. Yeah. No. And that's for sure. And, and I was surprised to, to know, like, I mean, when you're watching TV, it's like, you know, how many cases, you know, to, to get through the last couple of years. And, and it just shows like the, the, the job that Feld and MX Sports done to, to, to have these protocols and try to, you know, keep everybody as safe as they can that we haven't had any like real issues, like, you know, big name top guys, like you watching the NBA, like, I mean, LeBron had one, you know, they, some of the top guys in the sport, but um, knock on wood, uh, we haven't had that in, in the Supercross season. So it just shows again, you know, the protocols and everybody's trying to, you know, limit the, the contact. And, and I think for sure with the bigger corporations, I, I felt that when I went to the outdoors, how strict they are. And I think they, they look at it as like, we don't want to get sued. And then from there, like there's, there's such a, um, big, uh, penalized to be penalized, uh, mm -hmm. to if one of your riders, you know, catches it, it, I mean, all the work that you do for months and months can be thrown out the window and you know how it is. Uh, you miss a weekend here and there, it puts you in a world of hurt. So I can understand why they've been so timid, but yeah, I think, uh, especially for motocross, I think you get a, a, a range of fans in supercross, you know, where they, they enjoy the races. They, they love watching on TV, but motocross fans, they're passionate. They, they, they really, they, they're the ones that go to the races. I mean, go to the races on the weekend, they ride themselves. So to have that interaction with the people, um, and the riders, you could tell, like, I, I can understand why it would be a bigger issue, I guess, in motocross than, um, you know, supercross. Um, so yeah, it's good to see it's back open. Yeah. When, when you're in a stadium, you're in a building yep. and that means you have to have the indoor restrictions when you're outdoors and as big as our facilities are, you know, we, you, you're social distancing by simply standing alongside yeah. the fence. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been, um, it's been a challenge at times, but, uh, the whole motorcycle industry knows that we have a really good opportunity right now with all the, you know, bike sales, gear yeah. sales, you know, this, and we just need to keep having good, compelling races. And yeah. like you said, supercross is probably going to end a, a certain way, but I'm looking forward to getting Dylan Ferrandez from last summer back and then getting him up against Eli Tomac, that's going to be something to watch. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was transpire um, this year. I don't know what happened. I, I mean, I can, we can go down and we can get into that. But, yeah, he's definitely um, – yeah, he's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's he, – I, I don't know what happened to him. I think he'll be know. all right come outdoors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you got number one plate. I, I think for sure. I saw him – I was watching the MotoGP last night. I saw him um, – they on the pan – they pan through on the Suzuki thing, and I saw him there. So – 
um, nonetheless, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him. I was bummed to see Zach get hurt last year because mm. I was I wanted to see him defend that title. Um, and then, of course, you know, see if Eli continues his success or, you know, does he go into it like he did last time he won the championship, mm. a Supercross kind of laid back. But, yeah, I mean, you guys are a little bit closer to the action week, week in and week out. Um, even Malcolm. I mean, Malcolm mm. wrote for outdoors since what, 2014? Yeah, probably. Yeah, last time I raced it. Yeah. Actually, no, actually. You. One moto. Why yeah, do you do Bud's that? Creek? Was it Bud's Creek? He took me out. <laughs> he took me out. And he said, I didn't know it was you. Bro, I'm the only Suzuki revving up. Hey, whatever, bud. Yeah. You, when, when this season started, I remember thinking that there, there were five guys that would almost certainly win their first su- Supercross this year. Yeah. And it was Ferrandis. Mm-hmm. It was Mookie. Cincerilla. Chase Sexton. And who was the other one? Um, anyway, the point is... Only the, one. Word. Yeah, only one. Yeah. We, we have just a few races to go. And, you know, Aaron Plessinger was the fifth one. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it it's weird how the season's turned out. But even though he hasn't won yet, I do think Malcolm is having a breakout year. Yeah. And and I and I, I would bet anything that he gets one of these last four. Yeah. Might be just weekend at Atlanta. I mean, we, we've had that. He said Malcolm would end up third, right? Third on the podium, which he still might be right. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is a, a process. And I, I mean, if you, you listen to the show, I always say the process about, you know, you got to take these, you know, building blocks and Malcolm's, you know, been fast this year. He's actually, when you start looking at practice and being a fast qualifier, when he races, he belongs up there now. I don't think it's such a surprise to him mm-hmm. being the quickest in practice. I don't think it's such a surprise that he's actually in up battling those guys, but to close it out, you know, I think now he's he's done enough to where that's just kind of the next step. So it wouldn't be a surprise if he does get it this weekend. I think this would be a good track for him, um, opening up. But I think he does have the belief now that he actually can do it. Um, and I guess even the rest of the guys, they haven't even been close. Like, it's not even like, you know, Chase was close last year a couple of times, you know, leading the race, you know, get tired or get passed on the last lap. Um, you know, Malcolm's been there, but... Ferrandis wasn't close. Plessinger wasn't close. Um, and uh, Plessinger, uh, yeah, I said Plessinger, but. Cincerella. Yeah, Cincerella. Nobody's been close. And, and Adam came in hurt. So yeah. um, it's it's crazy he hasn't won a race, like in the, in the few years that he's been in. Yeah, and, the, and the, the other thing that I find crazy is that um, if you look at it, Tomac, Jason Anderson, Malcolm, they're all new teams this year. And those are like the top three guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could. The bikes are so good. The teams are so good. I, I don't think that, like I said, I don't think that Star all of a sudden found something different on the, um, you know, Yamaha that Yamaha couldn't figure it out. I think it's more just the the, the atmosphere and mm-hmm. just those, those guys ca- kind of capitalizing on the things. But um, you know, nonetheless, I, it's 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 impressive to see. I mean, it's impressive even watching Malcolm and you know all these guys, even Jason. Um, to watch how they evolve, like, and, mm-hmm. and you can just see how much they, they've grown, even though they've been in the sport for a while, <clears throat> they, they've grown and, um, it's, it's going to be good. I'm excited to kind of have that, that change of culture and we know what happens when it gets outside. So, mm-hmm. and, and then the, the counter to that is what's going on with Ken Roxon, what's going on with Cooper Webb. It, it seems like both of them are not having, well, obviously with Roxon, but it just, Webb has seemed like a click off, just something just not quite right i told you he did i said i said either he would be a title threat winning a title or he wouldn't get top five 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's not he a did. knock. It's just his mentality. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, David, you've been around the sport to know the difference between me and Ricky, like the difference between me and Chad, like, but there's always something, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to, to now be on this side, to have like the knowledge, um, you know, from just being out racing mm-hmm. and, and being at the top level, but also be able to watch it as a fan and, and be able to speak on it as a fan too. And also speak on it as like, yeah, I've been there. So, um, I mean, even more to that, you've had that knowledge of, of being around more people than I ever have. And, uh, I'm sure, you know, I mean, with the, when I said that with Cooper, the people probably that didn't understand that were the people who don't really understand racing and know that whole mentality. Cooper's a, Cooper's a winner. He's like me. If you can't win, I don't want to be here. And, um, you know, it's not a knock. It just shows how much dedication I'll dive trying for this thing uh, that these guys got. So, um, is he, is he planning on racing outdoors, Cooper? I hope so. But, uh, it, 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 there's been some weird messages from Europe and weird thing on some European sites that he may take a hiatus. I, I have no idea. I honestly haven't talked to Cooper this year and, you know, and he's in that same situation, maybe like that Eli was last summer, where he just yeah. didn't quite seem like he was the normal guy. And sometimes you need a reset. In Eli's case, he switched teams. Maybe for Cooper and for for Roxon, it might be to take a little time off. I don't know. Yeah. Well, has yeah. any any other riders from Europe reached out to maybe do that tours? Um, in a roundabout way, um, last September. Antonio Caroli, you know, announced his retirement in Italy. And one of the things he told Jason Wygant was that he wanted to do a couple outdoor nationals in America. Well, he was still in shape. He was still good. And so we reserved number 222 mm. just in case, you know, he, he did decide. And we are hearing that we might see him in the first two races yeah. and then see how it's going when he decides. Then there's the 84. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of smoke around that fire. I hope it's true. Uh, Jeffrey Hurlings is in a situation where he can't win the world championship. He's almost certainly going to break Stefan Everts's record sooner or later. Yeah. So it, the, the deck is set nicely for him to maybe do something with a wild card, which would be to come to America and, and give it a go for a summer because he can do it without having to race supercross. Yeah. Supercross is not something you learn in the 12th year of your career. Correct. <laughs> yeah, correct. And, yeah. and, and, and it would be fantastic to have him. So, Fingers crossed, but uh, you know, with, with with Plessinger being hurt, with with Marvin being SX only, uh, that just mm. leaves Cooper Webb, and and you know if he's going to race or not. Um, so yeah, I, I have a feeling that uh, it'll that 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 fire is going to heat up here real quick. Yeah, well, Jeffrey, I know you listen. Come on, baby, come on. <laughs> we got a compound out here. That's why I, it's funny because uh, Corolla hit me up. And he said he, he wanted to come out here. And I thought it was strange. He was coming over here. Um, he said he was going to be at the bakery. Uh, well, he said at Eldon's or over in that area. So, huh. All right. You too, Crowley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you talking about now. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. You got hot with that. And, and Why didn't you tell me? I didn't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other thing, and, and this one's the unfortunate one. Uh, I, and I feel horrible for the situation he's in. But Evgeny Bobrashev from Russia uh, he's been living in the, the Netherlands. He was playing on racing in England, I think, in, in the British Championships. In the FIM on March 6th said, uh, we are not working with the Russian Federation. We're not working with Russian athletes. It, it happened in F1. And uh, the problem is, Evgeny's been here in the neighborhood. He's, yeah. he's been working out and riding with the Lawrence brothers. He's hanging out with MacGyver down in St. Pete. 
uh, his wife's here and uh, he really wants to race, but the FIM won't recognize the fact that he is a racer. They won't release his, his license. And they've told, you know, the AMA and FIM North America that, that, that until the resolution in Ukraine happens, they, it, it'd be race. difficult. It'd be very difficult for him to race. So, and, so he can't race there and he can't race here. Right. right. Typical FIM. Yeah. It, but, you know, the FIA, you know, the, the people run F1 are the same way. And they, there was a Russian team yeah. and they parked that guy. And, and I, I, you know, who knows, you know, when this is going to end. I hope it ends before May 28th. Yeah. Uh, and we get Evgeny out there. But, but right now it's, he's in a holding pattern. Yeah. And, and just, you know, speaking of that, it's kind of like with the whole COVID situation. Like we get so caught up in just our little world, you know, everything based around, you know, motocross and, and granted, I mean, most people, you know, they're one of the biggest things they, they focus on work, you know, work, things at work, how work goes kind of translations into their whole life. So, um, but life is bigger than, and just this. And I've found that out the last like few years, you know, kind of stepping away from the sport, you get to enjoy and and see the world as a perspective, because all of a sudden now you're thrown into that and Mm -hmm. you get to do things. You don't have so many distractions of, well, I don't have time to see anything because all I do is, you know, ride motorcycles. So, um, you know, as bummed as I am about the whole situation with, uh, you know, the whole FIM and the Russian uh, federality, it's, it's hard to forget there is a war going on mm-hmm. and then people are dying just like the COVID situation. So, um, I, I do think, uh, one thing about sports, it does bring people a lot of peace. Um, mm-hmm. it gives them something to focus on. And I think that's why sports have continued to grow mm-hmm. and it, it only does justice and it only help people if that guy was ever race, you know, especially with what's going on over there, it gives people, you know, in that country or whatnot, it's to something to root for and to kind of take their mind off of some of the other negative things that's going on in life. So let them race, let them race. I mean, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate and, for sure. And I get that. Let him race. And, and I get that people don't like to mix sports with, with politics, but the converse of that is what if you're a Ukrainian racer? What if you're into motocross and right now, you know, there, there's a track called Sona, which is right outside of Buka in Kiev. And they were supposed to have the FIM Junior World Championships next year, which is an event you did, yeah. you know, back in, in 99. Stribos. Yeah. It was supposed and, to be in Ukraine. Yeah, it's, really? it's in Ukraine. The track is gone. It, it got pummeled by artillery and, and the aircraft. At least that's what it says on their Facebook page. And, and you know, I, I, I get it that, that we should all just, you know, let this go uh, and just focus on sports. But if you're someone in the Ukraine or anyone in Europe that's dealing with this threat and this potential, the last thing you want to see is an opportunity for, for someone on the world stage, you know, that, that Putin can turn around and say, ah, oh, look, we, we've got the best rider in America. And it's like, no, no, end the war. That, yeah. Just end the war. And then, man, we'll, we'll, we'll welcome, you know, Bobby with open right. arms. Yeah, no, I, that, and I agree with you. And that's kind of what I was saying. It's more, it gets people, you know, there, there's so much turmoil going on, you know, the, um, you know, people are dying. There's, you know, uh, afraid, you know, again, as you said out about the track, we had one of our distributors, same thing, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, you know, we were worried about, it. we didn't hear him for a while. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, people got their own, you know, plans and their own vision in, in mind and, and definitely you don't want to ever open up opportunities for anybody to ever get attacked mm-hmm. or people to kind of, you know, try to do something to hurt. I guess my point was, 
it, it gives people like hope, you know, it yeah. gives people something to watch. And, uh, and like I said, you know, when, when COVID happened, it, it gave people an opportunity to get outside and, and really start embracing and, and, and almost, yeah, I guess enjoy, but almost realize how much they enjoy riding motorcycles, enjoy being with your family, how much, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, I, a lot of people got um, a chance to be home with their family and then from working from home. So uh, more in, in fact, uh, it's a um, it sports is an avenue to kind of take your mind off of, you know, certain things and, and, and for sure. So, yeah, nonetheless, I just in the war, mm-hmm. um, you know, but that's a easier said than done for and, sure and and we would love to have more international riders you know it, we're in a weird situation i think this is the first time in 50 years where both national champions in the united states are from foreign countries because you have dylan you know the frenchman in the 450 class and jet oh, lawrence yeah. in the 250 class and mm, that's yeah. just crazy to to think that you know as many great athletes that we as we've had over here, that that's never happened before. If we get a couple guy, more guys, you know, if the orange men cometh, yeah, uh, it, it it would be a fantastic series, and there'll be a place at the starting gate for Bobrashev as soon as the FIM yeah. says it's okay. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely think, um, you know, they the world stage of those guys. They, they're good. They're good. I, I've had a chance to figure that out. Like when I raced the motocross, the nations, they're really good. You run, you're undefeated yeah. though. Oh, well. I, <laughs> Still suspect. Well, yeah, suspect. Yeah, Still suspect. I, yeah, as a team, we team, are. Team player. <laughs> but like yeah. all you heard about, James Austin, all that. Stefan Everts or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but those guys, they they watch us. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like they they they, they win their titles and, and we watch them. But everybody wants to come over here and, and race. I, I do think that it just shows that as dominant as Jeffrey's been, um, you know, and, and the same thing with Tim and even Corolla, they, they want to come over to our series and, and just have a, a part of it. And, um, you know, Jeffrey did a, what was the Iron Man, Iron Man. And then, um, he did Jacksonville, what, a, yeah. a few years ago. Um, so I, I think it's, it's more of the, you know, if, I guess logistics and if he can make it happen, uh, which it sounds like now it, it's the perfect opportunity, Jeffrey, come over here. But, <laughs> you know, if he if he did that, like it, it would take him on. He's he's already one of the greatest, you know, riders ever, but it, mm-hmm. it would put him. He might have to move over from route. Mount Rushmore. I do do that. I do think that he's taken the mantle as the fastest man on the planet. And what he did at the Ironman in 2017 and what I've seen him do at the Des Nations, uh, you know, and, and the whole Dutch team. Uh, and he's a really good dude. He's yeah, a really, yeah. really good guy. And, and that would be great. But if he doesn't come and he's watching the races this summer, you know, we're celebrating 50 years of Lucas Oil yep. Pro Motocross. Oh, I know. So I want you to think of this as sort of an audition because what we've decided to do that we're going to bring past champions back and have them in the booth with Jason Wygett. Instead of having Ricky do every race or instead of having Emig do every race, we want James Stewart to come and do a race. We want Ricky Johnson to come and do a race. We would love to have David Bailey, you know, do one of the, the pal rounds. And uh, what do you think? Well, we'll have to find out. <laughs> uh, I, think there's, I think there's a race up maybe in Maryland somewhere up there that might sounds pretty good to me. Um, but it's been it's, 20 years yeah, since the 20 scrub years of the, the, the scrub yeah. the, where the David Bailey fam was like, I, I don't know what I just, I lost my train of thought on there. Um, uh, oh yeah. That's right. So yeah. Years, huh? yeah. Yeah. I, I was, no. the, I was the pit reporter that day and I, I can yeah. remember yeah. watching you and I'm just like, what is he doing? And, <laughs> and, and, and you went from like, 
last to first, and it had to have been four laps. Yeah, it ha- was, half a moto. It was like eight laps. Yeah, eight laps. Yeah, I that was. I still think I watched that race. I, I put it on YouTube and tried to tell my kids that was daddy over there a long, <laughs> long, 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 long time ago. Um, but that's probably one of my favorite races to watch. Um, that that was a special day. It was on Father's Day weekend. Um, I was coming back off my collarbone injury and boy, I kicked ass. Yeah. I kicked ass. I, yeah, that was, that was a special one. And yeah, that was a scrub, but I, I was doing it actually the year before too. Um, I did it a few times in supercross, but even then I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to go faster, but yeah, 20 years from now. So that seems like a good race to come back. Maybe, you know, talk exactly. about so we'll and, see. and also I think that you should do one of those re-raceable podcasts that, uh, Steve Mathis and Jason Wygant do on that race and I, I know that in the catalog of uh, your events whether it was a certain year on a mini bike whether it was you know you're riding the 250f at glenn helen in 04 yeah uh and of course bud's creek 03 there's so many great races yeah. to to break down but i do think with this being the 20th anniversary we could spend all saturday when we're at bud's creek just just revisiting and and talking about that because because it wasn't just the scrub like you said coming from last to first and and you'd been out for six weeks yeah so you weren't going to win the title you had nothing to lose that's the kind of thing that i'd like to see hurlings do just come over and say i've got nothing to lose i can't do the world championship and i'll I'll try summer outdoors yeah i mean to be honest i'm not pitching it here but i'm pitching it here like i mean i think (laughs) you would i mean we can always say yeah the fastest man alive but you could question it but if you come over here and do it this summer, I, like I said, I to to be able to do that as a as a fan watching you, like I mean, it would it would take you up. I don't know how much level higher you can go in my books because I look at you, you're pretty damn great to me. Um, but I think it would put you on a a different level. Um, and then to come over here with you know Dylan obviously being the defending champ, Eli doing what he's doing, I think it just put to bed whether you are the fastest guy ever. And I think you'd be the first person to ever do that, right? Um, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You'd be the first person to ever do it since I've known. known <laughs> and and there, definitely there have um, been guys who, who came over, you know, after a certain period of time and, and spent a couple of years, whether it was JMB or, yeah. uh, uh, Langston, uh, Mikel Pichon, so on and so forth. But I don't think anyone's just showed up for motocross. Yeah. Uh, and, and take this, you're defending world title. So to come over here, imagine like you just waxed ass last year over there i mean it was close but then to come and do it this year if you were able to win the title i don't think anybody's ever done that back to back in their peak so you can really say i'm the king of the world i mean that's all you need to know right there so and you can come here and break the news on this show yeah well let's let's take a quick (laughs) break um let's take a break and let's jump into like the a little bit more in depth on the supercross season and kind of what we look forward to so jeffrey come on dog you could be the fastest man alive We'll be right back. Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship. See the world's elite motocross riders race for the series points lead. Are you ready? It's time to bring the action. Let's do it. Be there to see who wins the round at Gillette Stadium. Oh, they're going for it. Holy cow. I cannot believe what I just saw. Don't miss Monster Energy Supercross action. Get your tickets today. Coming to Gillette Stadium April 23rd. For tickets and more details, visit supercrosslive.com. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, you know who I got here, Mr. Davy Coons. And ironically, it's the East West Shootout. The East West yeah. Shootout. We've all been looking forward to that one to have, you know, Christian go versus, you know, Jet coming up. And 
the 250 class, when you talk about injuries, that class has been decimated you know, yeah. with everybody. And so luckily for us, the two, I would say the best, fastest guys with Jet and Christian. Who's your pick? I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think it's going to come down to the, you know, situation that those guys are in. Like, I don't, I don't see them really racing each other just because the points. The bigger picture. Yeah, the bigger picture. And I think Jet's done a good job this year. You can tell by the way he rides. He, he doesn't like, um, he doesn't take any chances. I mean, that last, that last weekend, um, you know, it was a triple crown, you know, you could see him just kind of sit back and he ended up getting knocked down with, you know, getting bad starts and stuff. But you can tell in his riding that he's not, you know, he, he knows that if he just stays up, he doesn't throw it away, he'll win the title. And so I, I see that happening this weekend too. I don't see him just full on racing, you know, Christian. And even if they get like, you know, one and two in the starts, I, I don't see either may, one of them. Yeah. Like maybe Christian would kind of, you know, I think he would maybe rot like he, he, you know, he normally does. But I, I think Jet's taking a step back. And I do believe speed wise, I, I, I do think maybe if Jet was going for it, like he, he might be a little bit faster than Christian, but I think he would have, he would be more likely to crash, you know, like when Jet still gets on the gas and stuff, he makes a lot of mistakes. And I think that's why he's really kind of sitting back. So I don't think it would be this one. I think maybe at the end, if they can kind of wrap that championship up, then the one of the last ones, I think that's where they would actually just let it go. But even then, then you got a couple weeks and they'll go into outdoors. So I don't really see it um, a full out like how it was me and Roncata. Like I forgot everything. I just would not let him beat me. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll get it done. Well, this weekend, his biggest thing was honestly, he was terrible off the line. Like I heard – that he didn't practice starts all week coming into St. Louis and he was mid pack. He just puts himself kind of into unfortunate situations that lead him to having to charge through the pack and make it harder on himself. Yeah. I mean, you watch him. Um, it, it still wasn't like the, the race that he ended up getting together with, um, Austin, like that race, he made a lot of mistakes. Like oh, he yeah. was swapping. It looked like he was, he was trying to come up and win that race. This weekend, it didn't look like that. I mean, it looked like he, you know, he took his time. He unfortunately got, you know, caught up with some rotters, but it wasn't because he was out of control where the, you know, that Dallas race, I think it was, or whatever it was. Um, he looked like he was over, not went overrun. He was trying to come up and, and he's sitting back. So, um, you know, the starts, I, I went through that where I was like, <laughs> I'm not practicing those starts. It's just, you know, Monday uh, quarterbacking on that one. If you pull the whole shot, then that's the way to go. Like, it's kind of whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, though. I'm, I'm excited to see it. And it's a regular race, though. Like, it's not the Triple Crown. It, it is a regular race. But remember, it's not in, in the, the Georgia stadium. Dome. Yeah it's, yeah, it's out of the, the, the yeah. speedway. I think the East-West shootout would be cool in a Triple Crown. Yeah, I think that would be the way to go. I wish there was triple crowns around when when you were racing oh uh, no Wait, the, yeah for us that's what i'm saying but you know i would have I'd be like seven super time supercross champion like right now like no i mean that was I mean, what you mean because it's easier to well, get just his heat, why his, it's gotta be easier just why <laughs> like i'm just that good i'm basing it off of his heat race percentage percentage wins, yeah which is pretty good it's kind of what a triple crown is three yeah. heat races so yeah, I think if it was Triple Crown, I think it would give those guys a chance to, you know, maybe like one yeah. of them, like go for it, yeah. like go in there compared to like, 
if you got one shot, you know, it's 25 points online, like the normal main event. But if you got three of them, you know, you might be able to like, you know, take a chance on one of them yep. and then go. But, you know, I think those guys have wrote, um, written really smart this year. And usually when you get to the East West shootout, it's always like Andrew Short winning, you know, not <laughs> even like the, the guys who win and tie, like the, he'll win because the, the points leaders, they either like win or they're like back in like seventh, you know, like it's kind of, um, you know, back in the day where Wyndham, when they used to have four of them, that was good when Wyndham and Prashawn was going at it. But, you know, this year, um, well, we got two, but I don't know. It should be pretty good. It yeah, but they're good. not thinking about the, nah, the main event check. They're thinking yeah. about the championship check. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, ultimately, like, that's what you're out here for, right? Like, yeah. the mindset's a little bit different these days. They, I think that the guys have gotten, gotten um, in their mind. I guess for the long haul, but ain't nothing wrong with that. But I guess the individual race wins, the die trying, like no matter what, I felt like when I raced Ricky, it wasn't until like he had a huge points lead in the last six races, he let Chad beat him in the last six races. But up until then, Ricky raced every weekend, like it was the last one, like it was a title. And I think that part's missing a little bit. Um, I think those guys try to stay up and be more consistent and, um, you hear him talking about like, um, you know, people are happy to get on the podium and, and again, it ain't nothing wrong with that, but I, I do think the, that individual, like that motto race to race is gone a little bit. Well, so fun fact for you, Lawrence could actually clinch this weekend, say, because McAdoo is possibly out with a shoulder injury, RJ moves into second in line. So if Lawrence wins, RJ would have to finish eighth. Or worse, and then Lawrence would clinch a championship this weekend. But if RJ gets better than seventh, um, it goes on to the next round. So, yeah, it could be clinched. Yeah. Do you have Do you have like a calculator over there? No, I'm actually reading (laughs) an article on it. (laughs) This is this is cool. Like, dude, he he, I love the guy. He sends in some stuff like that. You know, just like fun fact. I I got it, Bert. I I just got to know. I just got to know the facts. What do you think, Rod? Like, if you could, I'm just thinking of our group chat. If you could, call, that, that's Cole's, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Cole's. I, I try to fill in during the weekend. Yeah. Like I'll be thinking of things that we should talk about, and like <laughs> and that's I, cool I, events. I, James is on the other like, his phone, shaking his head, just like me. Dude, I, I send it, and I'm like, I'm waiting for the rest of it. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, there's a video, um, like the Chad Reed one. I was appreciate you sending me that him in that clutch situation on two strokes. Speaking of that. Oh, throttle stick. Yeah, in. the throttle stick in, and I was talking to Chad the other day, and he started telling me he would have won more. He wouldn't have won as many races if I'd have wrote my hand on the clutch. And I could dispute that either way. <laughs> but I told him the reason I, I, I learned how to ride without it is because we were poor and we couldn't afford clutches. So my dad taught me like, well, if Quit you can't afford one, don't use one. And then, you know, the, the theory behind that is I shift a lot. So if you ride like some of these modern days, they don't, those guys don't shift. So you can't ride without a clutch. Like, I mean, I know some guys are doing it, but you know, I used to shift, you know, 25 to 30 times around a supercross track. So that's how you can, that's how you can ride without a clutch. You got to shift the bike. And if you're just trying to lug the thing and, and, um, get around, then you need one. So that's the, I think that's the thing that Chad doesn't understand that I did, um, compared to, you know, just riding around in second gear and no clutch in it. But yeah, there was one time, there's only one time that maybe if I wrote my hand on the clutch that I might have saved them was at Dallas 2011. But did you see him on the? Uh, I was just going to ask the two fifty two circle this weekend. Yeah, that was cool. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's 
it's the first time I've I've watched Chad, and like I was like, man, like like pumped to like listen to him. Like, you know, he on the broadcast, like like it's just so different. This last like year's been so different. Like ever since I met him, and even like talking to Ricky, it's it's cool. Like it's it's cool to realize like like we're all we're all so such like the same people, no matter you know, despite everything that's went on. And that's why we hated each other because we are the same. But um, I'm a fan of that guy. And, and he's a fan of the show too. I got to send him another t-shirt. So, uh, <laughs> do, I, do I get a t-shirt for coming? Is yes, that something? Oh, sweet. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We it's, haven't asked me who I think is going to win. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. Davey's here. Yeah. If we have now. Yeah. Who do you think? Yeah. Well, I remember last year, it was just crazy that Nate Thrasher one oh, yeah, in, right. in, in Atlanta. So I'm going to go on a limb and uh, this will probably, you know, break some spokes on the internet, but I would love to see Vince freeze win. Mm. I, I think that would be so cool. Just, he's been, in, he's, he's good. He's riding really good. And he's, and, 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 you know, he's, he is a magnet for controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's kind of just how they roll over there. It, it was always that way with Mike and yeah. Jeff and just the team, but I, I think that um, I mean, he could win. He could That's win if, could. if he if he gets a start and gets away. Uh, he, he, no. Because I think I think Christian and Jed are both going to win their titles. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, you know they'll get some pressure maybe from Shimoda or you know Hunter Lawrence. But I just I want to go with the wildest card of all. Yeah, I'm going Fence Freeze. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, yeah, no, like that's that. a good call. And I like, like you you can't. I mean, it's I feel like names on the. the I feel like the if it was a shoot. triple crown, like it being a shorter main, that would work out better. But because he's great at starts, but then he falls off a little bit towards the end. Maybe a triple crown, but I'm not on that ship, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell I guess he's wrong, but he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, but hey, there, there's a chance because I, I will say this. Vince has been run well, really well this year. Um, and he's been run well in the 450 class, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think overall... Like what Cole just said, I think it'd be the last five minutes that I, even if he was leading, that I I don't think he would be able to close it. That's the only thing. So you can watch him how he rode in heat race. He won his first ever heat race like a couple weeks ago in Seattle. Um, I think he would struggle the last five minutes and not because of fitness, but just because like, oh crap, yeah. like I could possibly win, win this, this thing. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, Shimoda, there's still enough guys in there that are just as fast or faster that... I think even if Kristen or Jet wasn't there, he would still, the likelihood that it would be, you know, he would still have maybe RJ if he don't crash. You know, you have Hunter and then you got Joe, Nate Thrasher. So, But even the fact that we're talking about it is pretty cool. Yeah. Just like Chiz. Like seeing Chiz. I, I would say Vince, Chiz might have a chance. Like on there, that, that would be going out on a limb. And you might actually, I mean, Chiz has been, he, that rebirth, that's, you know, I have to start revisiting my thoughts on star racing Yamaha's because they <laughs> took Chiz and Chiz is like, he almost got pulled last weekend. And he looks good. And like he looks on the good. Like, yeah. yeah. That just shows how strong that bike is like on there. Um, I'm stoked for him. He, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's awesome. Chiz. It's, yeah. And he carries, po- it, it's just, yeah. they're awesome. And he posted uh, yesterday that he wishes that he could ride both classes. Which <laughs> he probably <laughs> does. He probably does. Yeah. He hasn't gotten any faster or slower. He's except for like it's Chiz though. Like he he's definitely riding. He's he's riding well. It's cool to see that. But you know, even in the 450 class, like I guess we can kind of talk. Besides Eli's, what's been your biggest takeaway from the season? Like, uh, um, I I scratch my head with the Roxon thing. 
like everyone. Uh, I I think that Chase Sexton should have three wins at least. He's he's made some you know, like really unforced errors on yeah. himself. Uh, but I think the biggest surprise and the best surprise to me is Jason Anderson. Yeah. I, I he was on the same program, same team for a decade, and and felt that you know he wanted to make this change, and then it like the carousel turned. Malcolm goes here, Eli goes there. Uh, you know, he comes across and he looks good on that Kawasaki and he's, he's riding with vigor. You know, he's, he's, he wants to be the guy that wins another title. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree with you with that. I would say, you know, watching them the last few weeks though, like it kind of reminds me like of the Jason Anderson that was on the Husky. Mm -hmm. And I think part of like what he was doing, um, you know, coming in, he wrote well at the first race too. And then obviously won the second one at um, Oakland and then he got on his roll and then he got to a point where, you know, it was him and Eli, you know, he was, you know, actually in Eli's head somewhat, you know, I guess they were going at it. And then there was like a few, you know, Dallas, Daytona. And it just seemed to me that I almost, I, I almost saw him come back to where like, I wouldn't say reality because he is riding better this year than he has, but the the person that we saw the first you know ten races or whatnot it's like it's not the same guys the last one and I don't know if that's because of you know being knocked out or whatever it was getting hurt the whole incidents and he's he's trying he's a little worried about hitting people I I don't know or this is who he is on there and he was just riding on the string of like confidence and we all know what confidence does to people it can be like in it like when the first Anaheim won by 10 seconds like Roxon and the next thing you know you're doubling through the whoops and you know 15th um a couple weekends so I I think Jason's been more um it to me the last three weeks have kind of told me more about him than it did the first 10 so um but I agree with you he's definitely he's riding well he's riding really well and I just thought like for sure I thought there was a something changed in him um how we saw him race this, you know, first beginning part of race, but this last three weekends, it could be wrong now. Mm-hmm. You know? What's so up with DC this summer? Will he be back? For I don't think so. He, he did a, a podcast with uh, Jason Wygant <clears throat> and said that, uh, what up Jay? Yeah. He's not going to get back on the bike probably till oh, really? June or July. And, and he, that's a, that's a huge injury that he had. And, and the poor kid, he gets healthy. He gets hurt. He gets healthy. He gets hurt. Uh, you, you hate to see that, but that just, in this sport, that happens to people, yep. and and you know the one of the things I remember Ricky always saying is you know when you have a six week injury, take six weeks off, you know, and and don't rush coming back. And and I'm, I'm glad that Adam is not, but man, I, if you had told me at this point in 2014, yeah, you know that we were still going to be waiting for him to get his first 450 Supercross win, I'd have said no way. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right about that, and I I actually believe a lot of that comes from. I think Adam has to change everything. Like, I, I really do. I think he has to change uh, everything from his underwear, his socks, change his car. Like, it, he needs he needs to look at something different. And, and and this ain't a knock to, like, Nick or anybody that's around him uh, saying, like, they're not doing a good enough job. But sometimes it comes just like the NBA. Like, it might not be the coach's fault, but he has to go because they need to hear something different. And, and I think until Adam changes that – He's always going to have, even when he's at the highest, that doubt because 
there's really nothing different. Like you, you're waiting for something to happen. You know, as well, we, I've been here. I've been fast. Something's going to happen. But I think if he just, just overhauls, changes it, um, I think it would give him a sense of like something's different. You know, that the past ain't going to happen because I made a change. And, and like they say, the, the insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a change. Um, well, you could see the change working for people like Tomac, Anderson, and Malcolm. Well, yeah, yeah. And and I'd say Barsha too, yeah, because Barsha. You know, he only switched last year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it's not it's not a knock on anybody. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Adam out there doing his job. Is Adam, you know, make winning the races and making mistakes or or not? I used to say, at the end of the day, it's me laying in the hospital bed. Like mm-hmm. I can listen and and everybody can offer help, but when it comes down to it. I got to make that decision to do it or don't. And I got to live with it. If I'm living with it on top of the podium, we all get to celebrate. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that's hurting, laying in the bed and stuff. So it's, it's always going to fall back on the rider, but I, I just don't think anything for Adam. Um, it, it's going to change. And, and the, the kid needs confidence, you know, like, I think we, we see how talented he is. I mean, the, the, it's not like he's, hasn't never won a race or won a title. Um, and every every year he's super fast, but now you can watch him ride and he's riding in a shell of himself like he's riding not to get hurt. He's riding in the sense of just waiting for something to happen. And I think until he makes a change or whatever it is, like overhaul all of it, it's going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. I remember the night that um, Kevin Windham decided to retire and uh, not that Adam is at that point, but we were at Anaheim. It was the, the second Anaheim. Yeah. And uh, man, he, he came in after a, a terrible you know, practice session and put his bike up on the stand and immediately said, I, I, I can't go back out there. Yeah. He just, it, it ended like literally like so quickly because he, he decided that he was going to get hurt. Yeah. And, and when you get to that point, it, I think it does affect you. It, it, it affects you if you're a wide receiver. If you can't go across the middle and catch a ball, you don't get to play on Sundays. And and with with Adam, if he could just stay healthy, I, I know that he would be indoors and outdoors. Uh, you know, a top four fifty contender and should have had a title by now. Yeah. So do you believe it was his fear of getting hurt with with Wyndham? I think it literally uh, it boiled over in his mind. At that moment. And, and one of the things that um, you'll appreciate this when, when, when Jeff Stanton uh, was racing, I remember the day he quit and it wasn't when he announced his retirement, it was at Hangtown in 1994. Cause he'd crashed really hard and banged his head. And I did an interview with him and I'm like, when did you decide to retire? And he said, the moment I decided to ask someone else if I should retire. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. so with Wyndham in this, you know, mess of a mindset, uh, Ziggy and, and the factory connection guys, uh, you know, called Stan to come over and talk to him. And Jeff talked to him for 10 seconds and said, he's done. Yeah. It, it's don't go back out there. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone was relieved with it. You know, if, if your mind's not there, the chances to enhance or compound an injury, uh, become more and more. And, and Adam is at the point where he's, he's, he's fragile. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you can't, you can't race forward if you're, if you're trying to be too careful. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I actually really understand that. Cause I kind of talked about the, the Gibbs situation for me. Like it's, I didn't quit when I walked off that hay bell. It's like, that's when I decided to tell everybody I was done. <laughs> um, it was, it's everything that led up 
up until then, you know, it was all the crashes and stuff. It's like your girlfriend. When she walks out the door, that's not when she left you. That's might <laughs> when you see her leave, but you start reminiscing and you start seeing the signs. Oh, okay. Well, this was happening. Mm, okay. And then now you, you hindsight, you're like, I should have seen this coming. Um, so I can understand a hundred percent with, with, uh, Jeff. And, and that's why I was so strongly when I told J bone, I'm like, look, it's in my mind that like, I can't do it. So to sit here and have you convince me on there would be only doing you guys a disservice. Cause soon something goes wrong. Like my mind's made, I've already had that. And I got my reasons for whatever. Um, but my mind's made up on there. I need a change. And I went racing outdoors free that year. Like there, there, something needed to change. And, um, I see Adam at that same point and, and for sure for him, even when he comes back, like it's going to take him a year to just to even get back, get, to just get back. Like, and I think he needs to understand that. He needs to understand that, you know, him winning isn't necessarily him winning. Like him winning is like changing the program and starting to build and, and have slight goals throughout the years. So, you know, what is top fives, whatever, whatever that is, like that's the way he wins. And then after that, then you can actually start going on the gate concentrated on like okay i'm gonna go out here and win this race um but until then like he needs to like just like overhaul that whole program and just basically kind of start over if he wants to get back to where we all know he can be um and i think people people kind of forget like the process once you're at top and you start falling down like it's not like you just wake up one day and just okay i'm back up here you got to slowly build that um program back up again to how you got there so um, I think I think Adam can do it. He has enough talent. It's just whether he's willing to um, make, uh, make those sacrifices and, and do it. It seems like he wants to, but want and, and actually doing is the two different things for sure. Well, one of the things to keep in mind, and just a strange stat, I think that we figured out that Adam has been with Kawasaki for 20 years. Mm-hmm. If you go back to his you know 65 CC days, I think the only person who's been with one brand longer is Barry Karsten. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get, in, I had to get a name shout oh, for uh, oh. Bayville Barry. His kid still rides Suzuki's too, doesn't he? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, geez, Barry Crazy. won so many. What is it, Suzuki Bucks? What did they call him back in the day? RM Bucks. RM Bucks, yeah. Um, you know, Barry Carson. He's still rock. Oh, yeah. He comes to Loretta Lynn's every year. Him and John Gruy have this annual battle. Gruy was a r- real good rider from Michigan who just didn't quite make it, you know, when he turned pro back in like 88 and 89, which was also, you know, when, when Barry turned pro. And uh, you can count at Loretta Lynn's on at least two knockdown drag out motos between those guys. Sometimes it looks like they're in slow motion because you just watched, yeah, you know, yeah. Ryder DeFrancesco and, and, and uh, Nick Romano and Hayden uh, Deegan, you know, ride around that track. And then those guys are out there. Like, it's like they're on lawnmowers, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but then I think, man, those guys would be a lap ahead of me. Yeah. No, I, I told, I was actually talking to uh, my kid the other day and I'm like, Hey, you want to, you want to race like on there? Cause they were watching the show and he's like, I want to be just like daddy. And it was like the first time, like when he said it, it like actually, it, it felt real. Like he wanted, we were watching a podcast and, uh, but it the, wasn't, he, he didn't want to be like dad about riding a motorcycle. No, he, he wanted to be like dad being on TV. He wanted to be that. And then, and then we were watching the one and he says, like, I want to ride. And I told him, I said, well, if you start riding, like if you race, like, like I'll race. So 
case of don't play. say that no we, i am we need to edit that no, if, <laughs> i i brought if my kid goes to loretta lynn's one day like you'll see me in the plus 40 class whatever it is like i always wanted to come back out there finish racing that would give me a reason to go do it so and and i think you would have a blast but one thing i gotta warn you about and i tell it's this hot. i tell this to everyone who goes to the loretta lynn's when they come back as a vet rider and that is that it, it it's much different than you remember uh, you're going to have one muddy moto, you're going to have one hot moto, and you're going to have run one rough as hell moto. Yeah. And when the week is over, you're going to get beat by someone you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. And, no, and I, I, I have it sums up my last outdoor season. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is that? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can get that. Like, and, and that's cool. But I think, like, when you, you know, when you have another reason to go there, you're okay with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm going to win now. <laughs> so are you gonna push them into riding or when's the bike no when's i'm gonna the bike push out of it because you know like i'm like oh whatever but well, when you go to the dealership pick up a bike no i mean he's got a bike oh there's bikes uh, in the garage. There's- does he look up to uncle malcolm more since he's the fastest steward now <laughs> <laughs> no because like uncle malcolm we, we got the same hair you know so sometimes i'll be like oh that's me hanging out but i don't play his videos like i play mine <laughs> yeah i think he he was actually talking about um uncle malcolm because they just saw him a couple weeks ago and he was like yeah uncle malcolm he had a cool car and i'm like damn it that was my old car you know like on there but no it's it's cool like you know i just know what i seen with my brother like on there and just the uh, the pressure of uh having to deal with whatever like james stewart you know your kid same thing with tiger woods and and a lot of kids, it's it's rare to see, um, you know, kids from great athletes like their when their father was great. Like you don't see a lot of, um, you know, the the brothers and sisters of like a great like a James Stewart, and then you see you know Tobias. You know, you don't see a lot of that. You see a lot of kids that like dad raced or played baseball that were good, but not like great. And so just the pressure of like him like dealing with that is not something that. I would ever stop him for wanting to do. I just feel like he would want to, he would need to love it, you know, to, to do it at the level where I think he, you know, to compete at anything, you, you got to be willing and loving to do it. Otherwise it's going to be, I don't, I don't want to like spoiled, you know, like, uh, he wins and then he doesn't win. He's crying. He gives up all that. I'm like, forget all that. So, but I think he will do it. Like I actually think he will. He crashes enough. He's got that part with him. So he, I know he's mine. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, you know, it's kind of funny, James is, is that when you think about it and you think about some of these fast kids that are coming up now that are second generation, their dads, the, the Brian Deegans, the, the Timmy Ferry, uh, the, the, they were not the Nick way. Those guys weren't like great champions as pros. They were workaholics. They, they, yeah. they put their head down yep. and, and they, they, I think that, and don't take this the wrong way, but I think a, a rider like that is able to give the lessons in a more direct way. Because with you, it's like, I mean, people will watch you on a bike and say, that's impossible. That's physically, I'm I'm not doing that. But with with those guys, the the expectations, I think, for their kids aren't quite there. And and as a result, you know, I have watched like Stefan Everts, his son, Liam sort of struggles from time to time. But I mean, your grandfather's a four-time world champion. Your dad's a 10-time world champion. That's a lot of pressure on, you know, little teenage Liam Everts. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's more, um, 
I think it it has more to do with not necessarily being able to tell them. I think it's what, like you said, the expectations of like um, everybody else and even like them. Like you, you don't realize how much kids listen and how much they really do, you know, deal with pressure and deal with, have headaches, whatever it is like as, as an adult. And I think it's the fact that like they understand how good we were. And so when they when they're not winning, it's almost like they feel like they they're failing themselves more than anything, more than I, I believe it's the fact that we can't tell them how to do it. And I agree with you. That's why I said, like, you, you see a lot of kids um, who, who dad like we're good, but like Ricky Carmichael, you know, like, I mean, I think his kid rods. I mean, Chad, his kids rod. But their dad was great, you know, like so it'd be interested to see like how they transition and, and uh, go through all the other sports. It's you, you see a lot of uh, Nick Ways and then uh, Tim Ferriss, guys that were great. And I mean, won championships, but the, it's I, I believe it's more of just expectations like of one day I can be better than my dad. Like I, I can't be. There's a goal that I think you can get to where your dad was like the greatest ever, like on there. Like it's you're always chasing on there and i think kids like they they sense that they sense that and if they don't sense it everybody else does and so um i believe that's kind of more um kind of where that comes from and the part where the the satisfaction of like them working busting their tail i I know malcolm went through this you know him working hard and then him working hard and then people saying it was given to him you know what i mean like because you're james's brother well well, then you expect to do that. So what else? Like, of course you won compared to, no, I, I mean, I had to work to get here on there. Of course I get help, but it, I, I think that part of like not getting the credit for it, like hurt some kids too. So, um, and that's, that's when you have a dad that was great or a brother that was that great. And you're always chasing. What about you? Never pushed. Uh, Vance to ride or anything? Nope. The, the dirt bikes are there. The bicycles were there. It's just a case of whatever they, they wanted, wanted to, to do. Yeah. So as a result, I became a little league dad yeah. to some extent. And now I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm not going to go to the Salt Lake City race, the last Supercross, because I'm really looking forward to Sloan's last volleyball tournament of the yeah. year. So important. I, 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 go, I go sit in the stands with the other moms and dads and chart serves. And, and, I, and I have zero input because I never played volleyball as a kid that it, it didn't exist as a, as a, you know, a sport in school. And now, you know, she loves it. She's in the eighth grade and I'm all in. Yeah. And, and, that's and cool. uh, you know, there, there's this other funny thing and this goes back to kids and, and, um, you know, I was mentioning those, those dads, you know, that, that are raising their kid right now, coming up through the ranks and they've always been, you know, for the most part, level-headed, although you could say, you know, Deegan sometimes it gets real <laughs> aggro and, um, so my little girl, when she was seven, so this is half a lifetime ago, made a couple movies and, and was on a couple TV shows and the money started coming in. And when I say money, I mean, I had no idea that, that this is the way it works. And she decided she didn't want to do it anymore after you know some, some decent success. But the money kept coming. The residual checks kept coming. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking... I think this is why mini bike parents lose yeah. their minds because you know there's so much at stake and 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 to be to be a, a stage dad or a stage mom it's a it's a very similar thing but it's a different sort of process and you just got to get really 
lucky, but I can see where if your kid is, you know, winning every moto at Loretta Lens for five years, that that suddenly becomes the family business. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, you eat, live, sleep, pay the rent, don't pay it off of that. And, um, I mean, and you got to be all in like you, I mean, when you get to this level, even just compete, no matter who you are, like there's a commitment to, mm-hmm. to being like great. It's not like you can, you know, ride once a week or where guys used to live up, up North and they had to take the winters off and they can come down and, uh, for the winter, I guess if here or the summer and when, no, you got to be a year round. That's why you see moms like moving down here, the family separating to, to get the rider, um, to get their kid on that level. So but if you ain't going to Salt Lake, then we can because, like, I hear <laughs> there's only fans. Like, what's up with that? Like, I saw it. I don't know. I saw it on Instagram. Oh, thought, you're talking about Logan? Yeah. Kyle. Like, what's up? Someone in hey. the pits. Oh, what's up? I mean, a pretty good sponsor, I think. So yeah. So backstory. Explain it, Rod. What is only fans? <laughs> backstory here. You know. So he had he had a. A uh, bike deal and everything through a dealership in Ohio, this Logan car now. And they basically, something happened and breach of contract, whatever it was, they pulled his bikes from him. He went out and bought his own bikes. Then he kind of was looking around for sponsors because he's doing it all on his own. Uh, I don't know how the conversation started, but he, I think he reached out to her, said, Hey, would you want to, or no, she reached out to him, said, Hey, I'd like to sponsor you for Supercross Round. And then her, her at, her name is on his main shroud logo at this is indie and uh with a little cartoon butt and uh then he i guess she saw quite the return on investment yeah. and the next day she had a bunch more subscriptions after he posted about it and then this past week in St. Louis he had a whole separate uh set of girls <laughs> and he did a whole photo shoot with it. And here's another dude. one where she's riding nude on the back of his bike. Before anyone gets real freaked out, I got to tell you, I have the program for the 1989 Miami Supercross. And that was the race where Bradshaw falls like five times and still wins the 125 oh, class. Yeah. The back cover, Penthouse Magazine, the sponsor of the event. <laughs> The, the 1989 Miami Supercross Penthouse Magazine. So this yeah. is this is nothing. And that's like a Playboy. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah this brilliant. Is nothing new. Yeah. Well, you don't know what a penthouse is. You, did you just catch that? <laughs> really? Yeah. How, how how old he are you? Said, is that that's, like a Playboy? That's why he's here. That's yeah. why I like him. Like, it's penthouse on there. Holy I mean, beach. he's a millennial. Like whatever. Uh, but, Gen Z. So yeah. do, do you think that do you think that this approach would work for the Butler brothers? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they might have to go that route. But like, the, I guess the the part is 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 that awkward conversation. Like, okay, how did y'all meet? Like, go in there. Like, he slipped into her DMs. Yeah, like you were DM. <laughs> like, you had to become a subscriber, right? Like something. And I mean, only fans would know, right? Like, it's working. Maybe yeah, I mean, it's it, it. You talk about like yeah. how different life is and the age and and kids now, like. You got kids say, I want to be a YouTuber, like on there, make, I mean, millions of dollars. Like, what happened in like being a CEO of Fortune 500? Like, all these back in our day, I guess dinosaurs, it seemed like their kids just sit in home and talk on podcasts and do this and make millions. And, and now you got a guy who's penthouse only fans doing that and then killing it i don't know who this dude is but i know his sponsor and he's on this show and uh, so whatever so the market it's working on there and so people that sit back and and laugh at that 
jeez, uh, like this is this is the way today the, but, the uh, world is. Don't but, get offended. Butler Brothers may need a new title sponsor. Yeah, like I mean, I just think like open doors, open D's, A B's, booty cheeks, whatever it is, <laughs> just open it all. Like it's we all fans, we all family. So they here, they're growing this sport. This this Logan Carnal. guy, Carnal guy, he's actually good. He's yeah, a he is a like, great dude. He's a good, guy. He's a good he's, dude now. Yeah, smart too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I bet he's got a lot more fans. Yeah, I guarantee. Yeah, you know, and, and as far as the you know Butler brothers go, I do want to say I, I've watched sort of the piling on a little bit. Uh, I can't remember a team pulling up stakes. You know, thirteen rounds into a series, it's just a real unfortunate thing. But I, I do think that we all should tip our visor to Forrest and what he tried to do the last you know. 15 or 20 years. Uh, he supported a lot of riders. He supported a lot of mechanics. He put a lot of people on the road. And I hate that the ending is messy like it is. So I, and there's always two sides to every story. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be kind of, I didn't mean to be negative. I actually didn't even know, like when you threw up Butler brothers, I thought you were just talking about just a sponsor. I didn't know like, what's the whole deal like with this? Like they actually pulled away and this is, the, the, like, I don't know the story. I, Jay, it, so. I, I wasn't at the race this weekend, but I, I will say that the whole thing, you know, if you're in the industry, it's kind of been like a slow motion train wreck, you know, that's just, you know, it started with Blake Baggett and that whole situation. And, and, and it just, in this day and age, it, it can be really hard to get a, a sponsor for a Supercross team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they, they tried to make it work as best they could. And, uh, they even had the rig there this weekend, but I think that uh, the mechanics and uh, for whatever reason decided that that was it for them. And and like I said, I, I feel horrible for Forrest, uh, but but that's the racing business. Sometimes yeah. sometimes it rains when you're a promoter. Sometimes you get hurt when you're a rider, and sometimes you lose a sponsor when you're a team. And, and it's unfortunate, but um, it's the nature of it. Yeah, I mean that's the way. I mean, to get green grass, it's got to rain. I mean, you do, but you got to expect the mud too, you know, like you, you have it all. So for sure, I, I think like, you know, yeah, I, I understand like it's, it's tough and, and being in this industry, like we all feel it, you know, you feel bad for the guys and mechanics and, and especially the guys that work there day to day, you know, I mean, somebody lost their job, mm-hmm. they're losing their jobs, it's families that have to be fed. Now they have to go. So it's not only only just what for um, Forrest has done. I mean, he's been great for the sport that whole team has. Um, but it's unfortunate for you know all of us because once they go, it, it looks it's it's hard it's hard on all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it it looks bad on on the whole sport and and think that he has his reasons and um, everybody has his reasons. But I I believe like now just with this this Logan guy and his only fans, I think it should show people and and have them open up to different you know opportunities because the world's different you know to to find sponsors and um it's it's a different age on how people and and people make money sponsors go out to athletes it's different than it used to be is it used to be you have to you know know the pete foxes and you know um you kind of know everybody meet them and and just they're advertised you're fast that's we want you you win races you're up there now i'm like you know you can you can have opportunities in so many different ways. You can be a nobody and make millions of dollars. And I mean, and, look at us. We're sitting here doing yeah. this podcast. Yeah, Twenty yeah. years ago, he was the pit reporter covering you at Bud's Creek. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Now yeah. we're sitting here doing and it's and, crazy. and and then you look at a guy like to your point. It used to be results driven, mm-hmm. championship driven, uh, industry driven. 
Then you look at Axel Hodges. That is one of the most popular motorcycle riders on the planet. He is phenomenal with what he does, you know, on a dirt bike. That's it first and foremost, but the way he's marketed himself, the avenues are there with social media, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, Instagram. And, and I follow Axel because I love what he's doing, but I also just, I love seeing mind blowing tricks and he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to go do it in a stadium. He can go do it by himself with a camera and and suddenly he's got content and there's a million kids are going to want to do that. It's almost like the Ken block playbook with with what he did with rally cars and, and and to some extent, Travis Pastrana, you know, Travis is still a, a household name, even though he hasn't, you know, really, he hasn't raced in it, it, it's been 22 years since he won a 125 motocross title yeah. and and yet he's still bigger than life yeah no he is i mean when people like i ride motorcycles first thing oh you do the flips like traps is wrong <laughs> like you know you know why well, i guess i ain't saying i ride motorcycles still but yeah i it, it is and i think it just shows you again back to my point of you know how how different you know life is and how different you know, the world has changed. Now you can do everything from sitting on your couch, yeah. you know, like you can shoot movie on your phone now, like your iPhone, it's, you can shoot a movie on there. Yeah, and, it's easier to reach so many more yeah, people than it was back when you were racing. It, it has been. And I think you see that in, in some of the, um, you know, the, the old movies, the, the, the tapes, of uh, riding videos and stuff like it's hard for all that stuff to kind of get going because athletes can do it on their own now, you know? And I think that's kind of a, this only fans and kind of that marketing, we kind of sh- should have saw that coming with Travis and how that's going. And like you said, with Axel, I think this Logan kid is, is just one of the first and to continue that, that well, motto. And I, to I fight also against see it. it like with the younger amateur crowd, like the Hayden Deegan's, you know, they've built their YouTube presence up and he's got a, obviously great results, incredible rider, but he's got a whole different market of people yeah. p- from outside the industry because he has an interesting YouTube channel flogging his life. And then he's, you know, you got kids like Jet Lawrence, who's also appealed to a younger crowd because he's done, you know, the media presence of TikTok and whatever. And the Evan Ferries, everyone's kind of, there's a changing of a garden sense of, you know, what you're bringing up. Yeah. I remember when we, when I got the Instagram, Instagram. how much crap I got for that. And yep. like, that's part of the reason I started doing those fan dinners and, uh, it was just when fans can get directly to an athlete like now and have like a somewhat feel like they kind of know their life. Like there's a two edged sh- sword. Like now people are in your business and, and you know, you kind of have a, you know, I, I guess more people have access to you. So that means you can hear more negative comments or great comments. But at the same time, like you, you connect with people a lot differently than you do if you just reading a um you know seeing an ad here and there and i think people the athletes have caught on to that and and see where that's a you can monetize that but it's also fun to do like you you're not in just a normal photo shoot let me throw my gear i can sit here and throw a bubbles world t-shirt and just do my podcast and there's your marketing right there and so so are you saying that I didn't have to fly down here? I could have, well, we could have zoomed, yeah. we could have done a zoom we call. <laughs> we could have done the zoom, but it, you know, it wouldn't have no, been but, as good, but yeah, I mean, that's so, how we, we work now. Yeah. You used to have to go in the office. Now you can sit at home and zoom and, and as far as a company, I mean, always appeals to me. It's a lot cheaper doing that and, and getting the work done, but yeah, it's just a different age um, now. And I think the people, they just got to embrace it. I also think like the sport as a whole, 
should start embracing that too. Like I think the NFL, I'm not NFL, but NHL has has been one of the the leagues where they really uh, try to embrace like change. You know, mm-hmm. like they, I think they've been probably the most, um, I guess forward thinking forward thinking but they just don't have the product you know i think motocross we have the product we have the athletes we have the um you know people kind of they ride or they ride bicycles they know somebody rides four wheelers so they they can kind of relate um even though i get a lot of like it's easy to ride don't you just sit there and give it some (laughs) gas um but i think a lot of people have been on a motorcycle know somebody has so they can kind of relate to us so we have the product we have the athletes and, uh, you know, now I think it's just about like continuing that forward thinking yeah. and, and not being afraid to, um, you know, change because change is happening. So you either go with it or you get left behind and you end up, um, you know, folding up shop or, or in the world of hurt, then trying to catch up. So one of the things that we are doing, and I, and I like to think this is forward thinking, although probably a couple of years late, later than it should have, is that we are opening up to the riders, the athletes, the teams, the opportunity to film more stuff, to, to use your race footage, to use, you know, we, we, we have that platform that's Lucas Oil Pro Motocross and, and the races are on Saturday and they all you know, show live on TV and whatever, but, but there's still content that's out there. And whether it's Chase Sexton's show or BAM TV or, you know, the things Lawrence Brothers do or, you know, all these guys, those are, those are a way to get eyeballs, impressions, and that's the other part that's changed and why this has changed. It used to be if you weren't on ESPN, you weren't a legitimate sport. Yeah. Now there are so many networks, so many channels, so many ways for people to share what they do that you have someone like Axel Hodges and you have someone like Hayden Deegan that are their, their followers far outstripe what they've actually accomplished Yeah. because yeah. they've been extremely smart about it. And they've also been willing to jump on the technology wave. And so the thing that we can do is say, yeah, you know, bring your camera, yeah, film your stuff, put, Just put it out there, put it out there. Access to, to that footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I think like I can understand the why it's been a pushback because if you back in the day, like this this whole platform wasn't there. So if you were filming, you were doing like you were mm-hmm. actually using it probably for I guess an advantage or wasn't for I guess. Um, you know, uh, health, whatever you were, you're trying to use it for the, 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 the natural, uh, uh, suspicion was that you were doing it for content and, and commerce and you were going to make videos or you're going to do moto triple X, crusty demons. And and now everyone's got a video camera. Everyone's got a studio. Everyone's got a channel, a, a platform to put that stuff out there. And, and the people who race, you know, motocross and supercross, I want them to show people what their lives are like. Yeah. I want them to see what it's like a day at the office. I want, and you know, I want to get on the troll train with Alex Martin. I, I that content, it's been revolutionizing where we are for the last couple of years, and now's the time to really embrace it. And I think, you know, certainly this summer and moving forward, I think with Feld, you'll see a lot more of that because, you know, when when the day Hayden Deegan, you know, just to pick someone, the day he shows up on the starting gate, he comes with more followers than whoever the champion is yeah yeah it's, it's crazy yeah no you're 100 right and you know i i believe like a part of that is people you get different fans and, and more people in tune to watching our sport because like watching you know hayden or whoever like on their instagram it's 
I think it's something people relate to, you know, compared to when you see them on TV, when you, anybody on TV, you're like always, wow, they're on TV as a kid. It was like, man, I wish to be on TV. I mean, my kid saw me on there and he's like, I want to be just like that with dad sitting here farting the sheets over here. Like it's me, <laughs> um, you know? So I think like being able to the Instagram and, and the social media has been able to relate to people more to the average everyday life driving in the car. Like I think people see it as like, I do the same thing. So they, they mm-hmm. connect in a way to where I believe they, they, they somehow correlate that to what they do in everyday life and it makes them interested. So now they're a fan of this guy. Cause like, Oh, that looks cool. And then they go and watch the race on Saturday and it only helps. So to, to block that or try to take that away from the athletes, like it's, you're only hurting yourself. Like, like you said, when Hayden comes to the race, like that's just more millions and thousands of people that come. They're interested because he's there, but they're also interested because they, they feel like they know that kid, you know, mm-hmm. they're a part of that. So anything you can do to kind of help, you know, the average fan and whatnots to relate to the athletes, like you should do it. And yeah. some of that stuff is really good. Like, uh, like Barsha's videos that he puts out. I mean, they're really well done. Yeah. And, and, you know, back to what you were saying about, um, you know, it, it, to embrace the change, I guess you'd say. Um, the philosophy of the television networks up until very recently was just to hold everything tight closely. They didn't want the competition of social media, of TikTok, of you know, YouTube. Now They still don't want it. I know, but they're, but they're also flooding the space with their own stuff. You know, and you go on Peacock and there's all these little, not, yeah. not high-end productions, but just yeah. you know, two guys bench racing over who their fantasy picks are. Uh, you know, what Steve Mathis is doing with his show is it's literally a, a weekly talk show about moto yeah. it, 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 and, and it's, it's, and the expectation of what the production has to be like is also changed because we all got used to, you know, talking to people through zoom calls and we all got used to looking at little screens, you know, which are our iPhones. Yeah. That is also the big, uh, cog that's changed in, in the way we go about, uh, our everyday lives and the way we uh, consume sports and the way we follow people. You know, my, my volleyball playing daughter, she follows two motocrossers, uh, Ryder DeFrancesco and Jet Lawrence. Yeah. And I'm like, do you, do you not, do you not follow or follow like Hayden Deegan or anything like that? And she's like, he wasn't very nice to me on the podium. <laughs> I try to give him water at Loretta Lynn. So I just don't like him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and that's as simple, as simple as that. And, and a hundred percent, I do think like, there's so many different ways that like we can all evolve the sport via our phones. Like each and every one of us have an opportunity to kind of, you know, do our part to, you know, help grow the sport. And you, like this only fans, not to go back to that. <laughs> like it's, it's an amateur person. Like you get on those sites or whatnot. It's not saying I know anybody that's been there, but it's all the day and age or that production side of things is kind of gone. It's an amateur, it's an amateur world. It's, it's your own filming at your house, filming out on your own kind of situation. And I think that's the part of where there's social media and just like the, the TV, you know, the, the big TV companies, it either embrace the change or you get left. Like it ain't changing is people don't figure it out. They can do it. So it's happening. Yeah, And a perfect example of that is what Monday night football does with the Manning brothers. Yep. You can watch the actual broadcast with all the bells and whistles. And then you have two brothers who happen to be, Hall of Famers and mm-hmm. they they love screwing around and 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 they've asked us to like start looking around for someone who could do that same 
kind of simulcast, like a side by side thing. Yeah. And and I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. And and I know that Pingree and uh, David Pingree and David Bailey were going to do some until unfortunately David uh, suffered an injury. But I love that kind of stuff, and I love that kind of innovation. And it's it's fun to see, and it's it's a way to not be so corporate. You know, if if you want to say something about fans only and not you know get a red card from you know NBC. You can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last week we were talking about double D's and stuff and people like I at the golf course, they know what I'm talking about. And I think it's, again, it's a way to connect a way where our mainstream audience, the motocross listeners, like they understand what I'm talking about, but then bring it into a world of every day and they, they like it. And, you know, I, I think it's the, it's the change that's happening and you either go with it or or you just get left behind because you can't fight it. You know, there's no sense of fighting. It's, it's going that way. So I'd love to talk more about this and, you know, whatever else. But let's take a commercial break. I hear we got maybe some photos or something. Well, let's take a break and we'll be right back. <laughs> 